Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is Nestle stock a buy now? We're, we're performing a stock analysis of Nestle using the Select 6 analysis. We're looking at their financials, their fundamentals, and the qualitative factors supporting their business. Stick with us as we perform not one, but two fair value estimates of Nestle. Then you'll want to watch to the end when we give our rating. Along the way, there's going to be a key bonus metric that just might be the tipping point when analyzing Nestle for your stock portfolio. This analysis will be intense, but worth it. Before we get into these valuable metrics, how has Nestle performed? Right now, Nestle's over-the-counter listing, NSRGY, trades for $112.15 per share. Year-to-date, their stock price is down 5%. This trails the S&P 500, which is up 11.5%. In the last decade, Nestle's stock is up 5.3% compounded annually. Overall, they're up more than 66%, while the S&P 500 is up 160%. Going back before the global financial crisis, Nestle beats the market. Their stock compounded at 8.5% annually. Keep in mind, that's not including their dividend yield. Right now, Nestle pays a 2.48% dividend yield. Their average yield is added to their returns in their stock. Nestle trades just $10 above their 52-week low. They trade $19 below their 52-week high. Nestle is a humongous business. They have a $300 billion market cap. They use a large amount of debt. They have a $361 billion enterprise value. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Nestle? With a 150-year-plus history, Nestle is the largest food and beverage manufacturer in the world by sales, generating more than 90 billion Swiss francs in annual revenue. Its diverse product portfolio includes brands such as Nestle, Nescafe, Pure Air, Pure Life, and Purina. Nestle also owns just over 20% of French cosmetics firm L'Oreal. The company employs 275,000 people around the world and has a vast portfolio of global products with more than 30 brands each achieving more than 1 billion Swiss francs in annual sales and a geographic presence that spans almost 190 countries. Now let's dive deep into their numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want Nestle's average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns a 7% return on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the business. Nestle earns returns on capital in the mid-teens in all of these years. When they're averaged out, Nestle earns 15.6% returns in a given year. That's a couple percentage points above the benchmark we're looking for. This is a check on metric number one. Nestle consistently earns above average returns. Metric number two, we want to see growth in their revenues, net incomes, and free cash flows. This metric's all or nothing. All three need to be up. We'll include their last 12 months of numbers, which aren't shown on the chart. In this time, Nestle's raised their revenues by 14%. Their earnings have slightly grown by 5%. However, Nestle's free cash flows are down. 
they've declined 21%. Much of this decline in their free cash flows comes as a result of increased capital expenditures. Nestle spent $6 billion in CapEx in their last 12 months alone. You can dig in to understand how much of this is for growth and how much of this is for maintenance CapEx. Because their free cash flows are down, however, this is an X on metric number two. Metric number three, we want earnings per share growth. This looks at Nestle from the view of an individual shareholder. We learned in our last metric their earnings or their net incomes have grown by 5 We learned in our last metric their earnings or their net incomes have grown by 5%. At the same time, Nestle's been buying back shares. They've repurchased 11.5% of their shares in the last five years alone, buying back more than a tenth of their company. This is likely a good thing for long-term shareholders in the business, as it increases your ownership without you having to spend a dime. With earnings growth and fewer shares outstanding, Nestle's grown their earnings per share. This is a check on metric number three. So far, Nestle has two checks through our first three metrics. Metric number four, we want to see free cash flow per share growth. We learned their free cash flows have declined over this time. They're down 21%. Unfortunately, their share repurchases do not outpace the declines in their free cash flows. In their last 12 months, Nestle produced $3.29 worth of free cash flow. That's down from where they were at in 2018. This is an X on metric number four. So far, we're split evenly. Through four metrics, we have two checks and two Xs. How will Nestle fare in the rest of our analysis? We'll find out right after we cover our bonus. Right now, Nestle pays a 2.48% dividend yield. As our bonus, we want their dividends to be supported by their free cash flows. Nestle supported their dividends in four of the last five years. 2022 was an exception. They also don't support their dividends today. This may be a problem as Nestle's continued to grow their dividend over this time, even when their free cash flows can't fund it. Nestle's going to a different source of funding just to return capital to shareholders. While it depends exactly what they're doing, that's likely not efficient for long-term investors in the business. Their free cash flows don't cover their dividends today. This is an X on our bonus. So how has Nestle been funding their dividends, you might ask? Well, Nestle's significantly increased their net debt in the last five years alone. Net debt is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments. In metric number five, we want this to be below the sum of their last five fiscal years worth of free cash flow. This is because in recessions, it's businesses with too much debt that can get into the biggest trouble. They can have huge losses or even go bankrupt. Nestle ended their last fiscal year with $51 billion in net debt. Today, they've increased this. Right now, they have $62 billion of debt. In their last five fiscal years, the company's produced a lot of free cash flow, bringing in $53 billion overall. However, since 2019, that number's actually been declining. Their free cash flows, while a lot, aren't enough to cover their net debt position. This is an X on metric number five. Nestle looks like it's using more leverage than we'd be comfortable with. Keep in mind there are reasons, especially due to their strong brands as a consumer packaged goods company, why Nestle may be able to support a higher debt load than some other businesses, although generally we don't like to see this. Dig into the company's filings if you have any concerns. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Nestle's average five-year free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for Nestle. Right now, they have a $361 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their market cap and their net debt position. It looks at Nestle similar to it being a private company. In the last five years, we learned Nestle produced $53 billion of free cash flow. This means in an average year, they produced $10.6 billion of free cash flow. When that's divided by their $361 billion enterprise value, we get a 2.9% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, Nestle produced $9.3 billion of free cash flow. When that's divided by their enterprise value, 
we get a 2.6% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. These are both below the 10-year treasury. They're also down from the risk premium we're looking for. This means metric number six is an X for Nestle, but we're not finished yet. Don't throw this business out. We still need to estimate their fair value per share and give Nestle our rating. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Nestle. This takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. We're starting with an average of Nestle's free cash flows in their last three fiscal years, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. Up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for Nestle. Nestle hasn't been that predictable in their past, even as a consumer packaged goods company. If we assume they grow their free cash flows at 9% annually in the next 10 years, then in the following decade, if this is cut in half and they grow at around 4.5% annually, we'll add in their book value to give an estimate of their net worth. If we want a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments, at today's valuations, an estimate of Nestle's fair value per share is around $54. That's less than half of their current stock price. Keep some key points in mind. This discount rate is an estimate of total returns to shareholders based on their free cash flows. It includes both their average dividend yield and any gains in their stock price. Nestle's benefited from multiple expansion in the last decade. Right now, they trade toward the higher end of where this has been at historically and 43 times EV to free cash flow. This equates to roughly 35 times price to owner earnings, whereas Warren Buffett likes wonderful businesses below 15 times owner earnings. Keep in mind this isn't financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll give Nestle our rating, but we need to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors may be even more important for their business. Why don't we figure out what these are? We've got to start with the bad news before we get to the good stuff. Let's look at a short thesis for Nestle. Number one, given inflationary pressures, volume growth in some of its product categories appears to be weakening, particularly in prepared dishes and milk products, likely a function of higher demand and lower pricing power in these categories. Number two, with annual sales of over 90 billion Swiss francs, even blockbuster product launches barely move the needle on Nestle's organic growth rate, limiting the aggregate's farm agility in responding to a changing packaged food landscape. Number three, with headcount of over 275,000 employees, change may be difficult to implement for this global packaged food behemoth. Now let's get to the good stuff. Here's a long thesis for Nestle. Number one, the breadth and diversity of Nestle's portfolio and its geographic reach allow for easier absorption of brand and operational shocks. Number two, Nestle's global distribution network and entrenched supply chain relationships render the company one of the most effective platforms to develop and establish brands on a global scale, as seen in its latest partnership deal with Starbucks. Number three, Nestle's key high growth categories comprise high quality businesses with superior margins and evident pricing power, positioning Nestle strongly amid inflationary pressures. Now let's talk about our rating. So far in our analysis of Nestle stock ticker NSRGY, we've learned the company goes two for six on our analysis, yet they miss out on our bonus. They earn above average returns on capital and they have grown their revenues and earnings, yet their free cash flows are down. They don't support dividend growth, They've also taken on quite a bit of debt in the last five years alone. Right now, their yields don't look attractive compared to the 10-year treasury. Keep in mind this isn't financial advice. They're a very big, very established and stable company, yet their size leads to them lacking the growth that they once had. 
when we perform our discounted cash flow valuation from today's multiples, if these are the same 20 years into the future, you believe the assumptions and you want a 15% rate of return, an estimate of Nestle's fair value is around $54. The company last traded there in September of 2010. That valuation fits very well with their return since then. When we look at all of Nestle's factors, they look like an interesting candidate for more research. If you enjoyed learning about Nestle, like the video and subscribe to the channel for more.